So, I love, I love Christmas. How many of y'all just love Christmas? I love Christmas. Um, I used to not like Christmas until I married Pastor Ariel because she loves Christmas. She celebrates everything, though. Y'all got a friend that just celebrates everything? Like, Pastor Ariel celebrates her, her, um, her half birthday. So, if y'all don't know what a half birthday is, it's literally when, when she's halfway to her birthday, she celebrates her birthday. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing ever. Well, hey, if you're new here, because we got some people that came in a little bit later. If you're new here, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to say welcome. Yeah, so glad you guys are here. Awesome. If you're like, what is going on? I'm the wrong person to ask. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I'm Pastor Izzy. I'm the youth pastor here at, amen. Can I get a who? Amen. So um, I'm a youth pastor. I'm the youth pastor here with Pastor Ariel at Belmont Assembly of God. You were at Excel Youth on a Thursday night. I'm so glad you're here. You could have been anywhere else, but you're here. And so I thank you. We love Jesus in this house. And so I love Jesus. And I want to talk about him a little bit later. But um, one of my favorite movies in the Christmas time, we talked about earlier, it is the Polar Express. Does anybody feel me on that? No, it's not like people's favorite movie. Thank you, Nehemiah. It's not people's favorite. I like it, right? On the count of three, yell your favorite Christmas movie. One, two, three. I heard a lot, and I will watch all of those. Hey, let's get ready. Let, let's just get right into it. Y'all ready to get into God's Word? Go ahead and turn on your Bible, because I know what year it is. Turn it on. If you don't have a Bible, I want to get you a Bible. So if you don't have one, I want to give you one. But if you're like, obviously I don't have one now, I've got, by the way, that's my Instagram handle. Y'all can follow me on IG and just chat and hang out with me on there and comment on stuff. Most, you're going to see me in uniform, me at church, or Dottie, my daughter. So that's pretty much it. That's all, dot by, that's all you're going to see. But I want to read you John 20, John chapter 20, verse 29. I want to read it to you as we dive into God's word. First of all, Lord, we just ask that you'd come and invade our space. Uh, these words are yours, not mine. And so, Lord, I'm not here to communicate what you didn't mean them to communicate as, Lord. So I just ask that you would move in this place. Thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name, amen. All right. John 20, verse 29 says this. This is what I call the sky Bible because it's kind of in the sky. It says this. Jesus said, so you believe because you've seen with your own eyes, even better blessings, blessings on blessings on blessings, are in store for those who what? Say it louder. What? For those who? Without seeing. The title of tonight's message is, go ahead and throw it up there. It's, do you believe? You have everything you need if you just believe. We're going to ask that question a little bit later. But one of my favorite movies, once again, is The Polar Express. And before, uh, I, I just, I'm going to run through the gist of it. If you've not seen it, spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin the whole movie for you. It's okay. It's been out for forever. It's your fault. Okay, ultimately, there's this guy. There's this little boy. And they don't actually tell us the name of this little boy. So he's just going to be our hero boy, okay? So hero boy one night is lying in his bed, struggling to fall asleep because he's wrestling with the doubts and the uncertainties of the existence 
of Santa Claus. Pause. I'm sorry if you believe in Santa Claus. I'm here to tell you that Santa Claus as a majestic being is not real. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. YouTube. I'm sorry. Talk to your parents about that. Don't come to me about it. All right. There was a saint, Nicholas, who did pass out presents, a historical figure, yes. But Santa is not real. So he's struggling. He's like, I can't sleep. All of a sudden in this movie, he hears something outside. And if you've seen it, you know. But if you haven't, a huge train comes up in front of his crib and, like, wakes up everybody. So he's like, what the heck is this train doing in my front yard? So he gets up out of his bed, put his chanclas on. He puts his little comfy sweater blanket thingy on that you're wearing. He put, you know, whatever that is, right? He puts on his jammies, his ropes. He goes outside. He's trying to figure out what this thing is all about. He gets on the train, finds a ticket in his pocket, and he's off. He's on this trip. He is on the Polar Express. At some point, he meets a girl, Holla. He actually loses his, this girl's ticket and then, like, gets her in trouble, right? Punch that kid in the face, right? So this girl goes with the conductor on top of the train, right? And so he's like, dang, where's the ticket? Christmas magic, ticket appears, he gets it. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm a hero boy. So I'm going to go find them and give them the ticket back. So he climbs up on the train, a moving train. By the way, don't do this. That is dumb. I got two rules here. Don't be weird, don't be dumb. This is super easy, all right? Right, right? So he gets on the train and he goes looking for his friend. He finds, not his friend, but this homeless guy living on top of the train. They have an encounter. He drinks coffee for the first time. It's awful. I'm like, just wait till you're older. It's going to be heaven. And then they find the friends and the conductor, and their story begins. But during this journey, the conductor kind of has these little moments of teaching. And I couldn't help but as a youth pastor say amen to some of these moments, right? Don't come to the movies with me because I will literally like preach and do an altar call at the end of the movie if I feel it, okay? But I want to show you this first clip of this first encounter with the conductor. Go ahead, play that clip. Oh, okay. So by the way, that's a really big train. Did you catch what he said? I know there was some weird techno music that won't happen again, right? Thank you. So here's what he said. Sometimes seeing is believing. But sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Oh, I remember watching this movie like, that ought to preach. We want to believe, but at the same time, we need to see to believe. Y'all remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Thomas and how Thomas had this doubt in his heart and in his mind if Jesus was alive. If Jesus came back from the dead like people say. So we want evidence, right? We want to know that it's real. We want proof. We want proof. And that verse we read earlier in John is Jesus' response to Thomas. Once again, he says, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Friends, listen to this. Our faith is not based on what we see, but what we believe. The world will see is filled with suffering. It's filled with violence and destruction, poverty and injustice, sickness and death, but we don't base our faith off of what we see, but rather on what we do not see. So even during the darkest times of our life, as followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that there is life and that there is light for us. Even in the midst of doubts and questions, we can still 
believe. So back to the story. So after the train ride, they finally arrive to their destination, which is the North Pole. Exactly. They arrive to the North Pole. They see Santa, who's not real. But Santa is there. I love what happens. So he can't see Santa, and there are these bells that are on the reindeers. And they're jumping up and down, but for some reason, he can't hear any of the bells. He can't see Santa. Things are happening. He sees in one moment that a bell flies off the reindeer's reins. He picks it up, and he tries to ring it, and nothing happens. Initially, he can't hear any sound, and only he eventually hears it when he starts to believe. I want to show you another clip. Y'all want to see another clip? Let's see another clip. I like watching Christmas movies. Show that next clip. Yeah. By the way, all those elves, though, party. Who's, who's seen a bigger tree than that? I don't know. I've seen a huge tree. I like what Santa says here, right? Santa says this. The bell is a wonderful symbol of the spirit of Christmas. He says, just remember the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. So as Santa said to the boy, the true spirit of Christmas lies not in the things we see, but in our hearts. The true spirit of Christmas is found in the things that we can see and hear only through the eyes and ears of faith. So we pray not for what we see, but what we do not see. So here's what happens, right? So our hero boy puts the bell in his pocket. He goes home, and he realizes when he gets home, the bell's gone because there's a hole in his pocket. E, right? So bell's gone. The, the gift that Santa gave him, gone. He gets home, and he's sad, and it's not a great moment for him. So here's Christmas morning. He gets up, and there's gifts under the tree. He's like, that's awesome. So they open up all the presents, and his sister Sarah goes, hey, there's one more left. So he grabs the gift. He opens it up, and what do you know? It's the bell. It's the bell from Santa. And there's a moment that comes from this next clip that I'm going to harp on for the rest of the night because we don't have a lot of time, and I want to get there because we have a special element for altar tonight. But go ahead and throw that clip up. Next clip. So at the end of this movie, there's the bell, and he rings it, and he hears it. He's like, I still hear this bell. It's awesome. He believes. If you notice in the clip, who takes the bell from him to check it out? His parents. His parents are, hey, that's awesome. Santa gave you a gift. Oh, look at that. Look at that right there. And it here. Hey, there you go. They ring it. Mom, huh, must be broken. Must, must not work. That, that's so sad. Dad takes it because I guess if it doesn't work for mom, it might work for dad apparently. So dad grabs it. Oh, man, too bad. Maybe next year. They hand the bell back, and they walk away. He's like, huh, that's interesting. That's interesting. He rings it himself, and he can hear it. I love this moment. Because he says this. The boy grows up, and he narrates this moment and says, at one time, most of my friends could hear the bell. But as years passed, it, felt, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she would, could no longer hear its sweet sound. He says this, Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me. It does for all who truly believe. 
if you're trying, if you're picking up what I'm talking about tonight, a lot of us in our life, like we, we believe things. We believe in some things, energy, whatever, whatever vibes, whatever you want. We believe in something. And some of y'all believe in nothing, which is still believing in something. But we all struggle with this idea of believing in God. Believing in Jesus. While we wait for Christmas, I want to invite you to listen for the bell. Listen for the bell. What, what had him, what gave him the, the sense and the ability to hear the bell but not his parents? It was he believed and they did not. The bell that's always ringing in your heart, in your mind, in my heart, in my mind all the time. What's the sound of that bell? It's Jesus calling. Jesus is calling you. Calling you to what? To believe. He's calling us to believe. And he's helping us in our unbelief. I want to read you Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 25. Go ahead, throw it on the screen. In this moment, this Roman officer has someone very dear to him sick. And in an exchange with Jesus, he's like, I need you to help. Because I know the same authority that I have over my soldiers, you have over everyone. And so after this exchange, he says, Jesus, can you heal him? Jesus' response, he goes, if you can, sir. He goes, and Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who what? One who what? Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. I'm here. I believe. I'm in the room, right? I'm at Excel, right? I believe. He says, help. Help my unbelief. I want you to know if you don't believe or you struggle with believing, you have unbelief in your heart, I want you to know you're not a bad person. And I don't care what other type of Christianity or which isn't Christianity, I don't care what other religion has told you that if you struggle with doubt or unbelief that you're bad, that you're confused, that you're lost, I'm here to tell you they're wrong. Because God has never lost you. He's never lost track of you. God loves you. And in this moment, we see Jesus saying, I'm going to help your unbelief. If you just believe, do you believe tonight? Whenever you can't hear the sound of the bell, simply say, I believe. When doubts rise in your heart, simply say, I believe. Whenever the world looks like it's against you, simply say, I believe. Whenever you feel like hope is lost, whenever you feel like you're drowning, whenever you feel like you're unthought of, uncared for, simply say, I believe. My question tonight for you is, well, I believe. Jesus has changed my life. I've dedicated my life to him, and I'm never going back because it's been amazing. I love what Jesus is to me. I love who he is to me. I love what has happened in my life. But the question for you tonight is, do you, do you believe? Throw, throw that next slide up. 
It's not that you can't or can. It's a decision you have to make. Do you want to believe? Because Jesus is calling and he loves you. I want to call a friend of mine up here. Sturdy, why don't you make your way up here? Go ahead, Sturd. Blue bike. Yeah, up here, up here. I want everybody to see you. Whoa, whoa. Aaron's up here, and God's been taking him on a journey. It's easy for you to kind of ignore what I'm saying because I'm Pastor Izzy, and I'm an adult that, of course, I say these things, but I want you to know that God is real to me, and he saved me from a life that almost put me in jail or in the grave. But don't just take it from me as a pastor. I want you to hear Aaron's story. I call him Sturdy, by the way. If you didn't know that, I, I call him Sturdy. I gave him that nickname when I first met you. Um, I had him write it down. You're like, why is he reading? I'll fight you. Leave him alone. I had him write it down because I really wanted him to think about what it is he was going to say and the impact he's going to make tonight. I truly believe because of his story. There are some of you here that don't believe you're going to leave here tonight believing. And so Aaron's going to read and they're gonna, we're going to respond. You got it on you? Go ahead. The floor is yours. All right, what's good, y'all? Uh, my name is Aaron, and I'm going to be sharing y'all my testimony. So this year has been very rough on me, starting from the beginning of the year. So now it's been very hard for me at home, at school, and at church. I felt like I couldn't find peace wherever I go. I thought, I thought this world for me was just a very dark place, and I didn't want to deal with any of it. I started struggling with depression and anger, and the loss of one of my friends made it much worse for me in that season. The more problems I had, the farther I felt. I couldn't get a hold of myself. I was just getting out of control. The cussing, the people I was around, the things I was involved in made me made good people distance themselves away from me. I thought there was no hope for me, so I tried taking my own life, which wasn't the only time I've done that. The arguing between my parents and my brother, I just completely lost it. Literally two weeks ago, right after momentum ended, right after I committed my life to following God, and I'm giving up? No, not at all, not happening. I stand here today because of the life God has given, given me. God has a good life in store for me because I have chosen to follow him every day of my life. After momentum, I felt convicted. God did a whole 180 in my life. God spoke to me during worship at Momentum, and I wasn't afraid to follow after God. I felt very proud. I was always scared of what people would say about me if I would speak about my relationship with God, but now I can say, I believe. The more I talk about what God has done in my life, the better I feel. Ever since that moment with God, I felt great. People like to be around me now. There's so much joy filled in my heart. Praise God. And I'm not making the same mistakes I've made in the past. I'm not perfect at all. I'm very screwed up. But in God's eyes, he still loves me after every single mistake I make. I praise God every day because of the unconditional love he has for me. I thank him for the people in this church that have helped me in every step of the way. God has done so much in my life, and I thank him for opening up my eyes. God is calling us, every one of us. He was calling me the day I took the pills and is still calling me now. I'm still here because I chose to believe in myself, but most importantly, I chose to believe in God. So if you're here, know that I love you, God loves you, and you are not alone. 
God wants to help you in the same way he helps he helped me. I love y'all, man. without you, dude. And I want you to know your life is valuable and it has meaning and purpose. And man, this place is here for you. And that's for everyone in this place. We have to believe in something. What happens when we don't believe? What happens when we just go about life? We get tossed and turned by the waves of of mistakes, by the waves of sin, by the waves of negative and awful things. And he's saying there's a moment in my life where I was tired of it. I was tired of it. And I wanted to end it. But instead, God saved me when I didn't want to save myself. And because of that moment, Sturdy is saying, I believe. Believe. I get emotional because I can't picture this youth group without you, dude. You're one of the first students I met. You tried to get me to dance at Breakaway, and my knees can't do it. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and I believe it starts tonight. I believe your story is everyone else's story. That they just need something to believe in to get them through, and the things that you've been trying to do, the things that you've been trying to fill your life with, it's not lasting. For some reason, it, you get an emotional high, you get an actual high, you get some kind of distraction, but then that fades away and you're back to reality. I'm here to tell you tonight there's hope. I'm here tonight to tell you that there's a life that's better for you. And that only comes from taking a moment to believe in Jesus. I want to read you what I wrote. Aaron here decided, do I believe or not? Am I going to let this world drown me in darkness, or am I going to believe in the light that will never fade? Although his journey isn't just over yet, he can always rely on Jesus to help him, support him, and believe in him. Tonight, you may be sitting here, and like in the last clip, you don't hear the bell. You don't hear the bell. You can't hear God. You want to. You see other people can. But no matter how hard you try, you can't hear it. There's also some of you who, like in the last clip, you had a bell, but you lost it. You had faith, but you feel like you've lost it. You had a relationship with Jesus at some point, at one point, But at another point, you stopped believing. Friend, I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus believes in you. He believes in you. He believes in you. He won't ever stop believing in you. He loves you. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can hear God and not just hear him, but be loved by him. Like the love that Aaron found. Be changed by him. Be saved by him. But you must believe. 
So how? You say, Pastor Izzy, how do I believe? I'm tired of the same life I've been living. Aaron said it. He's like, good people don't want to be around me anymore. I don't want to be around me anymore. How? How can I believe? Like the centurion officer, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. I'm going I'm to tell you how. Here's how. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. What do I mean by that? Invite Christ to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. To be your Lord and Savior. The song that plays at the end of the movie that's sung by Josh Groban, it says these lyrics. Believe in what you feel inside. Give your dreams the wings to fly. You have everything you need if you just believe. If you just believe. So with every head bow and eyes closed, go ahead, just bow your head. If you don't know what that means, just close your eyes for a second because I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus in your life. I'll give you an opportunity to do that. But I want to tell you what that means. Yeah, go ahead, team. It means this. There was a man named Jesus who was the son of God who came to this earth during this Christmas time as we celebrate his birth. He lived his whole life pure, perfect, not a blemish, not an inkling of sin. He did three years of unstoppable ministry, doing miracles after miracles, choosing people like Aaron, choosing people like me to follow him. After three years of ministry, he was so controversial by the way that he loved people that the government killed him. You're like, that doesn't sound like good news. Well, here's the good news. Three days later, as it was prophesied hundreds of years before, Jesus was resurrected from the grave. He was alive. He showed himself before his disciples and then hundreds of people. Record that Jesus was real and alive after his death. What does that mean? What does his death and resurrection mean? When he died, he carried the sins of the world. What is sin? The, the, the mistakes you and I make. Sin is what separates us from God, which means if we're not with God, then we're against him. And there's a place called hell. That's a real place that was never meant for you. It was never meant for me. But that's where sin leads us. Jesus and his father said, you know what? We're going to make a plan. We're going to pay that debt. We're going to make sure that they, they have a choice to spend heaven with me or they can choose to not. So Jesus died and he carried your sin. And because of that, grace entered our life. And when he resurrected, your sin became no more. Your sin was erased. But how do you accept the free gift of eternity? Because the reality of it is, church, that you're going to spend eternity somewhere. You will live forever. But where will you live? Will you be without disease, without sin, in heaven? Or will you be eternally separated from goodness, from life and light in a place called hell that was never meant for you? That decision is tonight. That decision is right now because the Bible says that tomorrow is not promised to us. That tomorrow is not promised. So why wait? Why wait to make that decision? Because anything could happen when you walk out of these doors. I want to help you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed my life 
that changed every leader's life, that changed Sturdy's life. If you're here and you say, Pastor Izzy, I want to believe. I don't believe. I've never believed before. I've never met Jesus. I've never, I've never followed Jesus. I don't know what it means to follow Jesus, but I hear you tonight, and I want to make that decision. I want to make that decision to follow Jesus. I want my life to be changed. If that's you, on a count of three, no one looking around because I want to be respectful for everybody. On a count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, God loves you. Everything about you. Two, there's nothing that could ever separate you from his love. That's why he died for you on a cross and lives for you today. Three, if that's you, just slip up your hand and put it right back down. One, two, three, four, five, awesome. six, awesome, seven. Come on, there's hands going up. Once you put it up, you can put it right back down. Anybody else? I don't want this moment to pass. You're like, man, there's something happening inside of me. I see that hand. There's something happening. Oh, that's awesome. Praise God. Hands are going up across this place. I see that hand. Awesome. Something's happening inside of me, and I don't know what it is right now, but my heart's pounding, and I don't know what to think. That's the bell. God is calling you. Respond. Just slip your hand up, put it back down, because we're all going to pray a prayer tonight. At least nine people put their hand up. Ten. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Here's what we're going to do. Can we all stand? Let's stand. And I want to pray a prayer with you guys. It's going to allow us to do it together. Because we're a team, right? We're a family. And I want every one of you to be able to pray this. Here we go. We're all going to do it together. If you raised your hand, this is the moment. And if you raised your hand, when I dismiss us, David, why don't you raise your hand? If you raised your hand for this next prayer, when we're done, I just want you to come meet me because I want to get to know you. I want to want to smile at you. And I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a gift. And I want to just hear you out and get to know you and just see why you made that decision tonight. But let's go ahead and pray. I want everyone to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I'm here, and I know you're here. It's been a long time, but I'm finally in your presence. I need your help. My way has got me to a place of destruction and sin. I recognize tonight that I need you, that I need a Savior, that I need a Lord. I recognize tonight that you died on the cross for my sins and that because of that, I'm saved. You didn't just die, but you live. You live for me. You live for us forever in heaven. I truly believe because you died and rose again, and because I say with my mouth, believe in my heart that that's true, that I'm saved. That if I were to ever die, I would go to heaven. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being a helper. Thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Baptize me now. Help me as I go out through the day 
lead me on the right path. A path that leads to Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, give it up. Give it up. Come on, it's exciting. That's awesome. If you raised your hand in that moment, you prayed that prayer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you were to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ died and rose again, the Bible says you are saved. You are saved and changed. I celebrate you. I'm so excited for you. I want you to know that Excel Youth is here to be a support around you, to be a community that's going to uplift you. If you've ever wanted to belong, if you've ever wanted to believe, this is a place that loves you, that wants to believe in you, that does believe in you, that wants you to belong with us because we love you. And I want you to know this from me. I love you. And I'm proud of you. And for some of you, you haven't heard that in a while. But darn it, I mean it. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what God is doing in your life. And if you've just started the journey, I'm proud that you made that decision today. I'm proud that you're here. And I believe in you. I believe in your talents. I believe in your dreams. I believe in your desires. I believe in you. This church, our lead pastor, believes in you. Myself, Pastor Ariel, believes in you. All my leaders, raise your hand if you're in this room. Students, those leaders believe in you, and they don't just say that, they mean it. They've gone through class and course and, and all those things, but even if that never happened, they would still believe in you, and they would still love you, and they'd still be in this room. They're not forced to be a leader. They're not forced to be here. They love you. I love you. So again, if you raised your hand for the first time to receive Jesus tonight, I just want you to come meet me over there when we're done. Is that cool? Guys, God loves you. I want to do this before we leave. Let me just pray for a moment and get us kind of riled up again. And then we're going to announce our friend's crew giveaway. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this moment. I'm thankful, God, that you can use a silly Christmas movie I'm thankful that you can use games and ugly sweaters and a really bad diehard costume for, for you. I'm thankful that people can come and have fun. I'm thankful that church should be fun. I'm thankful that church should be exciting. I'm thankful for every student here that has showed up tonight. They could have been anywhere else. So I ask you, God, to bless them. I ask you, God, to uh, enlarge their territory, meaning I pray, Father, that they would have favor with parents, favor in school, or favor on tests, God, as finals are here and are coming up, God. I pray that everybody gets A's. But, Lord, thank you for those who made a decision for you. And I thank you, God, for this night. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen, amen. One more time, give it over, Jesus.